What is up, guys? You're listening to the MFCEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, if this is your first time, welcome. You don't have to own a business. A lot of guys are like, Andy, you run an entrepreneurship uh, podcast, but I don't own a business. Well, you do run something that's pretty fucking important, and it is the business of yourself. Uh, And you need to start thinking it that way. A lot of people don't think of themselves as a business or a brand, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that you are the CEO of you, and what we're going to talk about here not only applies to running a business, but it also applies to being the CEO of yourself, or more specifically, the motherfucking CEO of yourself, okay? Life is way too short to not go through it with some confidence, some swagger, and uh and to be a bad motherfucker, to be completely honest. I'm here with my co-host, Vaughn Kohler, the pastor of disaster, Vaughn Diesel, uh, Vaughn the Impaler. We have a number of nicknames. John claude Von Dom. Yeah, Vaughn Morrison. Vaughn. Yes. Tell the peoples about our guest today. Well, we got, uh, we got Father's Day coming up here, and we got a guy who's coming in, and he has accomplished a numerous... Uh, numerous different things. He has solved the challenge in his own life. He has met a need in the world and in the market, and he is building a brand helping guys be better dads, but he's doing it in a non-cheesetastic way. He's doing it in a really down-to-earth and uh, edgy way. So we have here Larry from The Good Dad Project. Larry Hagner, sorry. You have a last name. You're not like Madonna. Or Prince. I was getting ready for you to yeah. say like the cable guy. Yeah, the, yeah, Larry, the cable guy. But we thought it would be really important to uh, to because you know Father Day, Father's Day is coming up, and uh, we thought it would be important to bring somebody in who's talking about dads because I know uh, Andy, you your dad is huge in your life. Yeah, and uh, huge for me. But here's the deal, I, you know, I don't talk, I don't like luck, but I was pretty lucky with who I got as a dad. Right, and a lot of us don't have that same, uh, you know kind of luck, you know, and I really admire what Larry's doing because what he's doing is creating a network for people to become better dads who may necessarily not have had that guidance growing up, which I know uh, just from knowing Larry that that was the case with himself. So uh, we're going to start off talking about the Good Dad Project, talk about why the Good Dad Project, and then uh, we're going to get into how you're branding it and a little bit of the business side too. So uh, Larry, why don't you go ahead and get started and tell people what it, the Good Dad Project is and how you came to want to do this. Yeah, I appreciate that. So thanks for having me on. Um, the Good Dad Project really came out of my own struggles as a father. I mean, I struggled. I've been a dad now for 10 years. And to be honest with you, I probably wasted five of those years with the wrong mindset. And the thing that I love about your brand and your show is you talk about being the MFCEO of your life. And really, my brand is being the MFCEO of your family and right. your own life as well. Right. But it really, I mean, my story, I mean, I grew up in a pretty chaotic environment. I mean, everyone's got a story. And I don't share this story out of pity whatsoever, but my mom and biological father were married for a while. And then by the time I was nine months old, they got divorced. I never saw him. My mom got remarried when I was four. Um, she, th- this guy was kind of a complete nightmare, to be honest with you. He was really, really nice when he was sober. Unfortunately, he had quite a bad drinking problem. It was mentally abusive, physically abusive. And then by the time I was 10, uh, they got divorced. 
he was gone out of my life. And when I was 12, something interesting happened. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet my biological father, which was pretty interesting when you're the age of 12. And um, we had a relationship for probably a few months. And then unfortunately, uh, that relationship fizzled out. So by the time I was 12, from a fatherly standpoint, I lost my biological father once, my stepfather, and then my biological father again. So at that point, I mean, I was, I was kind of devastated. I didn't know it then, but I know you it now. You weren't big on dads at that point. I was not. I was kind of yeah. actually done with dads, yeah. to be honest with you. And then from the time I was 12 until the time I was 30, my mom married a few more times, dated, always just this same guy, you know, a, a toxic, you know, some sort of addiction involved. And what I can tell you, I learned two things from my upbringing, and that is how devastating it is to not have a father in your life, but also how devastating it is to have a toxic father figure in your life. Oh, man. And then the last part of the story really is, is what happened 10 years ago. Two things happened. I became a father for the very first time, and I met my biological father again. I was actually in a coffee shop here in St. Louis. He came walking through the door. And I have to tell you, uh, the, the amount of nervousness and, and awkwardness that comes with seeing your father after not seeing him for 20 years and the last time you saw him, you parted ways. Uh, I'm happy to say that we, uh, here we are 10 years later. It's got a good ending. We, uh, we, are, we actually are pretty close now. We have a relationship, which is great. But what I can tell you is with my own fatherhood journey for, the, like I said, the first five years, um, I had a really tough time with fatherhood. I had zero work-life balance, zero patience, zero confidence. I like to use this analogy a lot on our own podcast, which is I got my degree in health and fitness and, and nutrition. So I can tell you anything you want to know about the body or exercise or anything like that. But when it came to being a father, it felt like going to work every day as an architect. Like, I had no clue how to do it, and yet it's the most important job. Well, how do you know anything if you've never witnessed it? Right. You know what I mean? And and like you said, I would just like to point this out. And if you're a father, you know this. If you're not a father and you're a young man or woman, you might not understand this about yourself yet. But most people end up where their parents are for a reason because that's what they've observed. And, you know, when you become a father or parent and you've grown up in a toxic environment or an absent environment you behave as if that were the case and that's just reality that's why most people who grow up they their incomes are similar to their parents the places they live are similar to their parents their standards for life are similar to their parents and how the fuck are you supposed to know what to do with being a dad if you never had a dad Exactly. I mean, and that's that's exactly where I was stuck. And this just is, recognizing that dude right. is so huge. Thank you know you. what I mean? Yeah. And but that's where I, I see so many guys. Exactly that point that you were you just stated. I see so many guys in that rut. And, and the the point where I was stuck was I knew exactly everything I didn't want to do, and I knew every. But I I was stuck right in the middle. But I didn't know how to really tap into my greatness. You know, I didn't know how to get better at this. So what I did was, is I just five years ago, I decided to really just become a student of it and just learn as much as I could. And I don't call myself a fatherly expert by any means. I mean, I am literally learning this thing every single day. I've got four boys, just get one, two, yeah, four, four <laughs> boys of my own. You know, I've got a 10 year old, an eight year old, a two year old and a three month old. And every day is totally different. Yeah. So when, when you have that kind of complexity and fatherhood literally changes every day, man, you've got to arm yourself with information. You've got to arm yourself and just be open to it open to learning as much as you can about it dude i just literally posted on my facebook like literally right before you came in here uh, i'm gonna read it because it's so appropriate for what you just said most people never master anything in life because their egos are too big to let them be seen doing something they're bad at yeah you know what i mean that's what you're saying and that that's a really good point because no one 
and especially with fathers. And I think that's one of the reasons maybe my podcast is so relatable because we are very human about it. Like I'll be the first to tell you how many times I've screwed up because it's every single day. Right. I definitely don't have this thing down, but, but that's the thing. If you share your story and all the mess ups, but what you've learned from it, that's what really relates the audience to Dude, what we're doing. Dude, and that doing. goes for anything, man. It does. Like it goes for, you know, it goes for business. I mean, dude, if you if you don't have that humility to be able to say, hey, I'm fucking learning every day. Like, dude, literally, and Vaughn, you know this, and Tyler, you know this. I mean, dude, I know I'm pretty fucking good at what I do, but I'm also the first to say, hey, if I don't know, I'll say, hey, I don't know. Or if I screw up, I'll say I screw up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's part of the deal. That's just part of the deal. You know? It is and, part of the deal, yeah. Uh, that humility to be able to say that, not just to yourself, but to, you know, admit it, that's a big part of success mm-hmm. in anything. Larry, before yeah. you get into the Go meat ahead. of what you want to say, I, I really wanted to say I'm, I'm really excited about you talking here uh, and, and sharing your, your wisdom with us. I know that there's probably Mr. Astrick Hole out in the audience who's going, well, why does this happen? Well, why are we talking about fathers? But one of the things Andy says all the time is part of success is bringing others with you and being able to transfer that. And who better to transfer greatness to and success than your own family? And I think there are a lot of people, whether men or women, in our, in our audience or our listeners who they will have an opportunity to be, if not a father, a father figure to somebody. And what a better way than to listen to what you have to say. And, and I'd like to know. add too, dude, that's a great point. But dude, the seeds of success are much easier planted when, when people are young. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. a lot easier to instill successful quality uh, values and habits and, and all the things that need to come together to create a fulfilling, successful, happy life. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not all about money here. I mean, we like money, mm-hmm. but the other things are just as important. And to put all those seeds together, it's just easier to get those in when when somebody's small than to try to break the habits when they're 25. Right. And that's why this podcast, it, it, that's why I think this podcast is so important. You might be listening to this and be like, I'm not a father. Yeah, but dude, you don't wait until you're fucking starving to start cooking the meal either. You know what I mean? Right. Dude, right. start thinking about it now. <laughs> You know, I, I've been thinking about my family, which I don't have any kids for, you know, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And that's why I am where I am, because I've let that drive me. Right. I've let the pretend family that I don't have drive me to get my ass to take care of the, you know, the, at least the financial aspect I need to take care of. Right. You know, and so if you're young and you're listening to this and you think, oh, it's not for me. No, it's fucking exactly for you. Yeah. Oops. I'm good. We had a water spill on the set. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'm just real excited to hear what you have to say. So, no, I, I think so. If you look at our message, and if you look at the good, yes, it's the Good Dad Project. I mean, even my book, The Dad's Edge. But if you really look at the content, it really, yes, it's about dads, but it's really more or less about being a better person, about being a better man. Uh, and how does that spill over into other areas of our life besides fatherhood? So if you can, the thing that I found when I, when I first went on this journey of self-improvement and trying to be a better man, trying to be a better father, is I read a lot of parenting books. The thing that I didn't relate to with the parenting books was I always felt like it was this author or this person that was talking down to me kind of from like a pedestal and it was like situational parenting and I didn't really relate to it. The thing that I did relate to and the thing that I've loved for as long as I can remember are books and and resources on self-development. So basically what the Good Dad Project is, what the good, what the, the dad's edge is, is it's taking being the best version of who you are and looking at that through the lens of a father. I mean, because if you are, if you can, if you can be a better man, if you can grow to be a better person, being a better dad is a byproduct of that. It truly, truly is. 
That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, on your set, what you said a minute ago about them talking down to you, it's funny that you brought that up because, you know, my brother's getting ready to have his first, his first boy uh, any day now, maybe even today. Um, but we were out to, on Mother's Day, we were out to, uh, to eat. It was, it was him and his wife, Emily and I, and my mom. And uh, he just kept going on and on. Like, both of them were like, man, you wouldn't believe how many people that have had kids. They just try to, like, tell you how everything is. He's like, they're, they keep telling you, oh, you're going to find out. Oh, you're going to know. And, he's, and they're so, like, annoyed with other parents right now trying to, like, tell them shit. It's just like, hey, shut the fuck up. Mind your own business. So if you're one of those annoying parents that does that shit to people, <laughs> realize that it makes people not like you. You know? Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, being a parent, I mean, there is nothing that will humble you faster than that because it's constantly you're constantly learning on the job. And that's that's part of what what we do and why we do it is to give men just more and more content, more and more information so they can be ahead of the game. I love your analogy of you don't start to cook and when you're starving. Yeah, man. If you can prep and be proactive, you are going to be better armed for any obstacle that comes your way, even when it comes to fatherhood and when it comes to parenting. Absolutely. I feel like that I feel like that in itself is an issue with society. It comes along with the instant gratification. Um, you know, everybody wants everything now. But I feel like that also creates a situation where most people never prepare for anything. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Because they're always just thinking now, not just for the result, but they never prepare for anything big at all. Like they right. don't save. They don't think about, you know, the consequences of any actions down the road. It's just it's it's just society's in a weird spot. There's no advanced planning. Right. Yeah, yeah. At all. Yeah. Like at all. And it's like, you know, people wait till they get like pregnant and then they're like, oh, shit. Well, I guess we better fucking think about being parents. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So which came first? I, I mean, I, I, in your mind, I mean, well, you, you take the penis. <laughs> and you should you stick it in the vagina. Right, 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 right. Don't pull no, out. Uh, <laughs> no, I, the question is, uh, so you basically started by wanting to solve a, a challenge in your own life, which yeah. is how to be a better dad. And then, so, I mean, how did this grow from, from Larry doing his thing to all of a sudden you've got thousands of people, you know, tuning in to listen to your podcast and be part of the, you know, the mastermind groups and that sort of thing. Yeah. So this, this really came from my own just frustrated journey as a father. I'll tell you that I remember the exact night that I, that I formulated the good dad project. I was, this was about five, four, four years ago. My, my eight year old was four at the time and we were getting ready to move. And I was just in a really bad spot mentally, you know, as far as I hated, you know, my job. And I just, I, I was low on patience and work-life balance. I mean, I was a, I was a pain in the ass to be around. I'm not going to lie. So we were getting ready to move. I was packing up one room and I hate moving more in life itself. I was packing up his toys and all this stuff. And I had boxes literally stacked from floor to ceiling, all these boxes. And I told them like, Hey, whatever you do, don't go in there and unpack those boxes. So I left the room for like 30 minutes. I come back and there is just shit scattered everywhere. And I freaking blew up. And I took him and I spanked him and I, he was just devastated and I was pissed at myself. And even my wife, my wife is probably the most low drama, low maintenance woman I've ever known. And for her to get her feathers ruffled, like I knew that I had messed up and she looked at me and she's like, seriously, like he's four years old. Like he just wanted to get to his toys. You don't have to get that mad. And I was like, 
shit, you know? And I, and I thought back to my own childhood, how many times I was hit and I was like, exactly what I didn't want to do. I just did. And I went to my computer. I went to my office. I was a little bit emotional. I'm sitting in front of my computer and I went on Facebook and I see this tab in the left-hand side and it says, create a page. And so I was just like, and for some reason it was just these words that just came out, the good dad project. The, the problem, the thing was, is the good dad project was not a mission to help other men. I was the project. It was me. Me was, I, so I, I needed all this help. What I found was, is I was like, okay, every day I'm going to just go on and put something inspiring, something that I'm learning. And the page really grew. And then we decided to start a blog and then we decided to start a podcast. And then I wrote the dad's edge. And now it's just massive. We have thousands of guys. We have mastermind groups now, uh, a best-selling book on Amazon. If you would have asked me three years ago, if this is what it would have turned into, I would have told you you were absolutely insane, but it is what it is today. And it's what well, we are really helping men. I mean, it's been awesome. Yeah. I want to, because this is where I, this is what I do. I want to dissect the business aspect of that for you guys. Okay. You guys are always emailing in. You're always commenting the same fucking shit. How do I know what to do? Do what you're interested in. He's the butterfly lover. Exactly. <laughs> you know, start something you're interested in. Start, I, dude, I, I was talking about this yesterday. You've got to know what your purpose is. You know, when I walk through the warehouse and I see, thousands of boxes stacked up ready to go out you know what i don't see dollars people think i see dollars and every time i snap it they're like look at all that money you're making i don't fucking see that you know what i see i see people who are out of shape getting in shape i see people who are overweight losing weight i see a purpose i say hey there is a ten thousand people right there that we're helping today and that's the point okay and and you know, Larry didn't just say, hey, I want to start this business or this empire of good dad shit. It, it, he said, dude, this is what I'm interested in. I'm just going to do this. And I'm going to share my interest in this. And guess what? That authenticity and sharing that message turned into a business. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's my two cents. Uh, the other thing you posted a couple weeks ago, too, was a meme that said something along the lines of... I don't post fucking meme, Vaughn. Sorry, whatever whatever the term is. But I don't um, do that shit. That's for other, <laughs> that's for other Instagram. But you posted a saying that you said, uh, which was basically having no other option is the best motivation or something, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I think you... That was that, a meme. That was a meme, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so um, lack of options, right? Lack of options yeah. is the best motivation. Right. And you kind of came to the end of yourself, Larry, and you're like, I, I got to do this. So, it, beyond being interested in it, which is one component you talk about, you also talk about you got to do this. But dude, he right. doing. He he's making income off of this. This isn't right. something he didn't start this with that purpose. Right. He started it because he had a passion for it. He had an interest for it, and he wanted to contribute and bring people together for this cause. And dude, that's how businesses start. Businesses don't start by raising trillions of dollars and then having a brain tank or a think tank and come up with a fucking idea. Dude, you do what you're interested in. If you like lemonade, make the best fucking lemonade. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how businesses start. Okay? So all you people who are writing in saying, I don't know what to do, what the fuck would you do if you had to do it for free? <laughs> Period. Yeah. You know, I'm, so anyway, I just love that because it's I, such like a great, uh, it's such a great parallel and, and testimonial for what we talk about anyway, mm -hmm. you know? So anyway, so he so, analyzes and I organize. So yeah. give me the to-do list. Like what, what's, what was literally the first thing you, so you created the, the Facebook, mm -hmm. uh, group, the closed group, I assume it was. No, it was, it was, oh, it was, it was an open page. It was an open yeah. page. Okay. So what were the next 
key steps, <laughs> the watershed moments. Well, I'm, I'm smiling over here because, uh, I, again, I'm very transparent with, with as far as like, hey, let me tell you how I've, how I've screwed up. And I don't know if it was a screw up or not, but I did not have any intent to to grow this as a business. It was a hobby. You know, it was just something that I loved to do. I mean, this is just something, I mean, I, I get chills talking about this stuff because I see how much it helps other people. But I was the worst businessman possible that you can possibly think of when I first launched this thing. So I, I did the Facebook group that was basically no, no overhead whatsoever. When I launched the website, and then I also hired an online coach just to help me launch a website because I had no clue how to do that. And then um, I started a podcast and I'm like, holy crap, there's like overhead that goes with this. Like, I probably need to start doing something to generate revenue. Otherwise, this mission that I'm so passionate about, it's going to last six months and it's going to be done. At that, at that point, a year and a half ago, I was doing speaking events, so that was generating some revenue. But when we launched the podcast, I was like, man, I need a sponsor. I need a sponsor if this is going to sustain. So I went out and I found a sponsor and we got that done. Uh, the book has been a great stream of revenue. And now uh, masterminds, mastermind groups by far are, I host mastermind groups for men. And I got, I got to tell you, that is the most, it's the most fulfilling work that we do because I see the men who are involved in that and I see their lives change. But I can tell you, I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, for the first couple of years, I was a bad business person when it came to this because I had- Everybody I is, man. Yeah. That's the thing. That's yeah. the thing, right? Nobody fucking rolls out of bed and is- a is a fucking top level entrepreneur CEO. It just doesn't happen, you know, and certain people are more adept to certain things. Right. But every person can learn these skills and you went out and taught yourself the skills, same way I did, you know, and the fact that you did it with, like I had guidance, you didn't have any guidance. I mean, dude, to me, I think that's fucking super awesome, you know? And, uh, I just, but he had desire and drive. Dude, which is yeah. what you talk about all the time. And purpose. Yeah. You know, and, and dude, yeah. when you have that purpose and that passion, yeah. you know, people get so confused when people say, find your purpose, find your passion, because they're thinking, well, how am I going to make money? What, what, I'm worried about money. I got to pay my rent. I got to pay my bills. I got to do this. I got to do that. Look, man, you've got to put that shit aside in your brain for a minute and think about what you are passionate about. And it will turn into something, you know? I I, uh, I think the mastermind group, you know, it, it's such a testament to technology because where in the history of time have we been able to connect with, let's say, how many people in your group? So we do groups of 10 right now. We have four groups of 10. So 40, yeah, people, 40 people, okay, that are all interconnected, have the same interests, have the same desire to learn, have the same desire to get better from all over the country or internationally probably. Where, where, when could you have done that before now? It's amazing. You know, and, and that goes along with our last podcast with Farak. You know, this dude's technology, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I should feel amazed by this because it makes you feel old, you know. <laughs> but, like, I'm still amazed by it. Yeah, like, no, I'm still amazed when I walk in the room and I flip the light on that it fucking comes on. <laughs> like, right. Like, dude, dude, like, up and down, like, 50 times. And Emily's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I'm like, this is cool. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm an old soul. But, like, the thing is, is, like, it's just and that that part of it like being able to connect like that is just so amazing and, and it's just the the opportunities are so unlimited you know if you're listening right now you know think about that right. man like really think about it yeah speaking of masterminds larry i get dms i get i get emails 
flooded with with uh, or is you it DM? Sorry, DMs. it's PM or DM. I don't know. Sorry. No, it's yeah. D- he's going down on the DM. It, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I get all these you know this flood of people because I I I help between Kelsey and I we field all the fan mail and we're getting all this stuff for Andy to do a mastermind. So you got to convince Andy to do a mastermind. We talked we great. talked about that. Yeah. We yeah. talked a little yeah. bit about it. Yeah. You know, listen, I'm not even gonna get into it. We'll yeah. get we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. All right. Yeah. Let me let me say this back to your point of people writing you, right? Let me let me save you and maybe some of the writers a lot of time. Uh, when it comes to someone writing in saying like I'm passionate about something, but I how do I start this business? The the quality of our life depends on the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. This is something that I've learned and I've tried. To, I even teach this to my kids. The quality of your life depends on what type of question are you asking yourself. So for instance, if you're asking yourself, "How am I going to make money at this?" That is the wrong question. The question really is is how can I create something of value that's going to impact others and change their life? Right, because when it, the value's there, right, the money will be there. Exactly. If you don't focus on the money and you focus on the value, you focus on the content, you focus on I mean, like you guys, you are in the you're in the health space. You right. change people's lives physically, mentally, emotionally, because we're connected to our bodies. The healthier our bodies, the healthier we're gonna be. It's the same thing with being a father. If you're gonna be a good father, you have to arm yourself with good information to be the best version of who you are. And that starts with asking yourself, and if you're a businessman, you need to ask yourself the right questions that's gonna lead you to the right solutions. Yeah. Especially with being a father, man. Think about how important of a job that is. And so many guys just wing it through, and they're like, oh, I'm doing fine. Well, wouldn't it be worth you investing a little bit into trying to, what if you learn one lesson? Isn't it worth whatever? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's how I look at things. Like, when I read a book, like, people are like, well, I want to, I want to read a book, but I don't know which one to read. I'm like, fucking read them all. Yeah. And, and you know what? If you find one sentence in that seven hours that makes you think something or sparks an idea or creates a thought that come, becomes something, dude, was that seven hours or eight hours you put in reading that book worth it? Of course it was. you know. And I guarantee you, dude, there's not a book out there that's written, not one, that you can't learn some, one thing from. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. Well, back to your love affair with technology. I mean, we're living in a time where nobody has an excuse. So if you say, well, I'm not a reader, fine. Listen to a podcast mm-hmm. or, or go to a mastermind watch group or watch YouTube. Yeah, yeah. there's so many resources right. out there. Although, on the other hand, a lot of the resources in the dad space, you rightly pointed out, were lacking something, which is, of course, something we talk about is dif- differentiating yourself from the rest of the uh, the field of people out there, which you've done really well. Well, thank you. It's been it's been one of those things where we are literally paving it as we go because if you look at the dad space out there, there's not a whole lot of guys who are doing it. So we're literally we are we're making this as we go. I mean, there, we don't have any really any track to follow whatsoever. Do you think that's a pride thing that a lot of dads have? They're not willing to accept that they're not a good dad, so they don't want to put that out there. I think it's an ignorance thing. I think people don't think of it as they think it's automatic like it like for you it was an obvious problem because of the way you grew up I think for most people I think that they just think that it's natural to just keep going the way that things have been they don't look to improve at things I mean what do you think I'm right or wrong no I think you're exactly right and I think that that's an awesome question comment because that's what I have found over doing this now for the past several years that that is a very intimate thing to men and we don't talk about it we do not talk about this thing. So a lot of us, you know, most men will live a life of quiet desperation. 
I mean, we've heard, we've all heard that quote and it is absolutely true, especially when it comes to fatherhood. It can be so incredibly humbling when you don't have the confidence. A lot of us feel very, very confident in the, in the workplace. That's why we, we struggle a little bit with work-life balance because we feel that validation, that confidence in the workplace. And then we come home and we basically kind of get our shit handed to us because we don't know how to handle our kids and our relationships and that kind of thing. I never but, thought about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very true. So yeah, it's, it's kind of this best kept secret, but when you have conversations with these guys it's exactly what what tyler just said which is they have a tough time with it they struggle with it but they're not going to openly tell you that it's hard for them to even say it out loud themselves yeah. i mean so that's why i think a lot of the times the content the way we present it on the podcast is like hey we're arm in arm with you guys like there are times that we have sucked at this too so we get it we understand the frustration but let me let me show you some ways that we've we've learned and we've done things a little bit differently mm-hmm. I think another thing that's relevant is something you posted either today or yesterday, Andy, where you said that most people's attitude is just showing up. Like if I just show up and do my work, I should somehow get a, you know, a prize or, or, or get paid for what I'm doing. But so many dads, I think maybe that's their mentality. They're like, well, I'm not a bad dude. I'm showing up. I'm not, a, I'm not a deadbeat dad. I'm not, I'm not like, I go, I go to T-ball. Fit. Yeah, I go to T-ball, right. but it's like, okay, great. So you're doing the minimums. But are you really committed to doing something that is just far above and beyond the call of duty to really transform someone's life and really transform your own life? And that's the thing. I mean, most men do do that, but they don't want to do that. If you really get to the core of what a, what a father really, really wants, they don't want to be that. They don't want to be minimal, but they don't really necessarily know how to do every everything you just described. So if you show a guy uh, just some tweaks that they can make in their life. Because most men, if you ask them, dude, I want to show up to this fatherhood thing and I want to do it with my hair on fire. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to look back on my fatherhood journey when I'm on my deathbed and go, you know what? I gave it every single thing I had and I didn't leave anything on the table. So, but a lot of men will go to their deathbed being like, man, coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, I should have done that a little bit differently, or maybe I should have done this a little bit differently. Maybe I should have done this more and I didn't, you know, and that's exactly what we're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, man. So tell us what worked in terms of the practical expand expansion of the brand. And then we'll get into, you know, the talking points for how to kill it, not just as a dad, but in everything. Uh, so I, I, I think, what I have learned, and I had to, I, I learned this the hard way. So the the Good Dad Project, I technically kind of have two different brands under the Good Dad. I have the Good Dad Project, and I have the Dad's Edge. The Dad's Edge is is the the title of my book. But one of the things I've noticed is if you look at the Good Dad Project and what it was several years ago or a couple of years ago, it was a bit softer, maybe a bit more sensitive. And what I found is is that men don't really relate to that. Men relate to grit, mental toughness, a little bit of, you know, the mass, a lot of masculinity. So the dad edge, when I launched that book, I really understood that. So we, we changed up our podcast a little bit. We even changed our intros. I mean, now our logo is, you know, we, we've got Spartans as our logo and that kind of thing. And men really respond to that. It's the same message. It really is the same message. You're just putting it on a platform that just makes it a little bit more receivable and, and men think it's cool. So they, we respond to that a little bit better. Versus a Care Bear holding your kid's hand. Exactly. Or, <laughs> or some PhD woman that is not a fucking dad right. Right. trying to tell you how to be a dad. Right. right. Get the fuck out of here. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. yeah. It's very Fl- true. Fluffy yeah. unicorns and yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. So what caused everything to take off the most, though, in terms of the actual platform? I would say when I launched the Dad Edge book last September, 
uh, that was that was a very raw book. I mean, it's a hundred page book, but it became an Amazon bestseller within ten days. And I think the reason it did is because I, th- the way I wrote the book is I I wrote it as if I was talking to my best friend. You know, I wrote it as like, hey, I am not up here. I'm with you in the trenches. Like, I get it. I struggled with this for five years, and I to be honest with you, I sucked at it. So in order to when you when you clear the air with a reader like that, they're like, okay. Like I got someone who's going to talk with me instead of down to me. That's why I think the book has really been received so well. And it was after the book that momentum started to just completely shift. Like even in our podcast, I mean, our podcast guests, we've had Frankie Edgar, professional UFC fighter. We've had, um, we've had Carlos Condit, UFC fighter. We, we've had uh, Mark Devine, Eric Davis, Navy SEALs. I mean, and the coolest thing about the podcast is that when I get on the phone with these guys, I've never had to sell one person on coming on the show. I've never had to convince them. I mean, even like Frankie Edgar, who's high in demand, you know, I, I told him what we were doing. He's like, awesome. How do I get on the show? And I was like, man, this is so cool. So what I'm basically my point is, is that men want to talk about this. They really want to talk about their own views, their own perspectives, and they want to talk. They want a platform to talk about well, people it. People in general, too, will be the first in line to help if they know that your intentions are genuine. I've, I, I think that, you know, um, <clears throat> we don't monetize at all. And because I don't have to. But the reality is, you know, I've had a lot of guests that just want to be on because they fucking love the mission that we're on. You know what I mean? So when your mission is pure and you're, 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 it's not just about like trying to monetize and get followers and all this shit, you'd be surprised who will jump in and, and help paddle the boat, you know? Some big names. I mean, we've had some big names jump in on ours for, you know, I mean, dude, Gary V volunteered yeah. to be on. He's like, dude, could I be on your show? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, that was fucking cool. Yeah, I, awesome. I, I'm like, are you, yeah, of course. And Lewis. Yeah, and yeah. Lewis. I mean, yeah. dude, it's just, uh, I think people recognize that the world we live in right now is pretty screwed up. Needs some help. Needs some yeah. help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and people recognize real, dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's your mission's just got to be pure. It's another right. reason why that purpose and passion needs to be first and foremost in whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's why people receive your show so well, to be honest, because there is no fluff in it. It's very, very real. I mean, it's real life. It's raw. And that's what people really relate to is, is the realness of it. And, Dude, I know, try to talk like I would talk to you if we were having beers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are like, man, you curse. At it. Well, <laughs> what am I? that's what I do. Right. You know, I don't, it, there's no strategy behind You're it. You're still getting right. people saying stuff to you about that? I mean, sometimes. Yeah. But if you get to the core of every, because I'm an avid listener of your show, if you get to the core of everything you guys talk about, it's to serve. It's to help people. Yeah. It's to help people get out of their own way, enjoy life. And and one statement you said in the beginning of this show was, life is too short not to live with confidence. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. Yeah, you, you know, want to go through life being scared of everything and scared of every opportunity and afraid right. to afraid to go for the job you want or afraid to, that you don't have the confidence to get that job or go after the girl you want or the, the man you want or whatever it is the fuck you want. Like, dude, we were meant to come here and kick ass, you know, and that's it. And people are so scared of themselves and they think they need permission or they need somebody to tell them it's okay or, uh, you know, somebody even needs to believe in them. And the, the, the case is you don't need any of that shit. You need to make a decision that I'm going to fucking do this and go make it happen. You know, nobody can really stop you. And the people who spend time trying to stop you are the same people that never get anywhere because you only have so much energy in a day and... Your energy, success is just hard enough to where you have to put your energy in the positive way for yourself as opposed to trying to hold someone else back. So, I mean, dude, you don't have to worry about somebody trying to hold you back because they're just going to hold themselves back. 
that that is one of the things too. You know, you you do something like this. I mean, the, the haters kind of come out of the woodwork a little bit, but I think it's because there are people out there that just don't want to see you succeed. I mean, and that's one of the things. Going back to the whole dad thing, I even put a chapter in this in my book, which is be very mindful of the people that you surround yourself with. It's, there's a chapter called "Choose Your Peers Wisely." It's so important to get the toxic people you know, out of your life. I completely mean, I, out. Yeah, complete like zero contact. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, sometimes, I mean, even with my upbringing, those toxic people showed up as family, you know, and, and that happens. Me too, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that that absolutely happens. But in order to be the best version of who you are, you've got to be around people that will build you up. Now, I'm not talking about people who are going to be fluffy and pat you on the back, but people are going to challenge you. People who are going to be ch- challenging you because they want to see you succeed. They want to see you become better. Right. Yeah, dude. I mean, I've had to cut my circle way down. I mean, way down. Even family way now, yeah. you know, because, dude, and we've talked about this before. People come up and they, they underhandedly insult you like, oh, you still got that little vitamin shop? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> I still got that vitamin shop. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like yeah. just shit like that. You're like, still trying to be Tony Robbins? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is yeah. now. That's what it is yeah. now. You yeah, know? Exactly. And, dude, I just, so I just keep to myself, do my thing. And those same people, you know, they're eventually like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Fuck you, man. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, dude, yeah. I'm like the kind of person, I don't forget shit anyway. Yeah. So when people make comments to me, I remember them forever. And right. then like when I want to quit, I fucking think about that. And I'm like, fuck that guy. I'm not quitting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Um, drop some science on us, Larry. What do, what do we need? The talking points. Best best insight you've gotten from some of your uh, oh, man. some of your uh, your guests. So obviously the principles are transferable to anybody, but mm-hmm. give us the best nuggets. The best nuggets for sure are, uh, the, again, I'll go back to the quality of your life depends on the qu- quality of the questions you ask yourself. I mean, if you ask yourself weak-minded questions, any question that you ask yourself, and we always default to this in our To mind, let yourself off the hook. Yeah. Or, yeah. To, or to be like, why can't I? Right. Or why me? Why does this have to happen to me? If you're asking yourself questions like that in any situation, it's the wrong question. The right question is, is how can I? Or what is it going to take for me to do X? You know, I mean, those are the right questions. So in any situation, even with our kids, I even teach this stuff to my kids, you know, which is if my kids fail at something, instead of berating them for failing, my question to them is like, okay, hey, you know, you you struck out or you lost the match or you got an F on that test. You got an F on the test. So what do we need to do to make sure we don't get an F next time? You know, and then they start thinking instead of me just lecturing them, they start thinking, well, I guess I better study more. Okay, well, when is the best time for you to study? Well, I think the best time for me to study is in the morning because, you know, at night I'm, I'm tired. Okay, so what we're going to do the next time you have a test, we're going to get up early and we're going to study. I mean, just things like that, just empowering questions that lead you to better solutions. Dude, and that's, that's not just a trait of a dad. That's a trait of a leader. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's a pure leadership quality that you have to develop if you're going to run a company of any kind or develop to become a, a leader of any kind. You know, a coach, uh, an athlete. Uh, you know, an entrepreneur, you've got to be able to get people to understand and, and come up with the answers to their own questions. Because, dude, there's a big fucking difference between telling somebody, hey, you need to do this versus asking them, hey, what do you think they need to do? And them coming up with that same answer. Big difference. You know, my one of my favorite things to do as, as a CEO is to ask people when they come to me, well, hey, what, you know, hey, Andy, blah, blah, blah. Well, what do you think we should do? You know, and then if they don't get it like the first two or three times, then I tell them, you know, but, and I don't tell them like, Hey, you need to do this. I tell them like, it's more like, well, 
don't you think something like this would make sense? And then they're like, oh, yeah, and then we could do this. And they build on it. It builds our confidence, you know. Um, I never thought about that in terms of, like, to your kids because I don't have any kids. You yeah, know, but it, it's, it's definitely easy to, to lecture them. And even even ourselves, I mean, we'll get in that in that mindset of, like, well, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just not enough of a father for them to teach them these lessons. Well, it's like, well, you're asking the wrong questions. Ask the right questions, the empowering questions. The other thing that we always hear about all the time is patience. You know, most men will struggle with patience. And that's really just a matter of, again, asking yourself the right questions. When we get frustrated, when we're, when we're in the heat of whatever obstacle it is, whether we've had a long day at work and our kids want, you know, we, we have meltdowns at, at home and whatnot. It's literally asking yourself the right question in the heat of the moment as well. So instead of blowing up and like, for instance, when I spanked my son, I could have easily have paused and said, now, wait a second, what do I want to do here? I don't want to do this, but instead I just reacted. Most men, what will happen is, is they'll just react. They'll just react. And then they feel like total shit after they do something, after they blow up or whatever. I, I literally see this every single day. You know, so I think it's ask, be able to, to create a productive pause in your, in your thinking and ask yourself a better question. That dude, that's, I've personally had to really, really, and I still don't have that master. I mean, I don't like, I still react and not in business. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, that's such a hard thing to work on when you, especially if you have any kind of fire inside of you. You know what I mean? If you're a type A driven person, it's yeah. hard not to react. You almost have to always talk yourself out of it. Right. But it's creating, I mean, and it takes so much practice. And this is something we talk a lot about on our masterminds is when you're, and we break it down of exactly how to do this, like mentally. I even have a visual like flow chart that I use that actually shows how to do this, when to ask yourself the question, when you start to feel the feelings of anger, panic, resentment, whatever it is, that is your cue to ask yourself a right question. When, whenever you hear the words, why can't I, or why me, boom, that is when you need to ask yourself a better question. Mm -hmm. So Larry, we always talk about the importance of being mentally tough and the success, you know, the su successful people are very strong, mentally tough, but you know, Andy talks about, um, has talked about in the past that everybody you once, everybody you admire once felt like a fraud. And I think there is a, there is obviously a persistent struggle with feeling like a fraud. And, you know, I have two, I have two daughters. Uh, as you well know, fatherhood is a very humbling thing. So how, what would you say is the first step? Not so much in, in terms of reacting, but what if you're just like chronically critical of yourself? How would you, how would you uh, counsel guys to, to change that? We see that literally all the time. You know, guys are just very, they're, they're, we're self-sabotaging and we do it in a very quiet way. And I mean, it goes back to, I mean, we were on a mastermind call actually last night where a, a guy, we, he was the man in the middle last night, which means we dedicate 30 minutes to whatever his topic is. And everything that he was talking about was that self-sabotage talk. So it goes back to which side of that voice are you, are you feeding fear or are you feeding courage? Because whenever you start to hear that voice of self-sabotage, you're feeding fear. You're feeding that, that thing that just yammers away your confidence. And again, we said at the beginning of the show that that's the last thing in the world that you want to, that life is too short not to live without it. So again, I mean, I know I'm repeating myself, but it goes back to asking yourself the right questions, which is when we I'll give you a perfect example, um, my son, two weeks ago, uh, right before school was out, he didn't want to do homework. And if I could paint a picture for you guys, I had my two-year-old on my legs screaming. I had my three-month-old screaming. My wife was out on a run. And my son was just basically banging on the, on the table saying, I'm not going to do my homework. 
Now, here I am. I've been doing this Good Dad Project thing for like four years, right? And I did the very grown-up thing. I literally took my fist. I slammed it on the table. I got nose to nose, and I said, you are going to do your homework. And, I mean, I literally, like, scared the bejesus out of this kid. But I, I got up to that point where it was a self-sabotaging, like, why can't I handle this? Like, I, I got this going on. I got this going on. My kid's crying. Why can't I handle this? And I blew up. So when you do have those, when you do have those situations where you blow up, the, the biggest thing you can do is create healthy awareness around that. And one of the things that I did was I, I taught my son a lesson in that moment, which I went back to him and I basically said, look, we all know what you did wasn't right, right? Yes, okay. So you should have done your homework. We know that. However, the way I reacted was completely wrong. I shouldn't have reacted the way I did, and I am sorry. So when you have like these self-sabotaging situations where you react and you have this knee-jerk reaction – it's not all that bad because then you have an opportunity to go back and teach that kid a lesson on humility because there is a lesson to be learned there. Absolutely. When we screw up, it's an opportunity to teach our kids, Hey, we mess up too, but that's a great opportunity to teach them ownership, extreme ownership of your own mistakes. Not only that, they, they respect you more for that. They do. You know, yeah. uh, employees are the same way. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you, you know, I, trust me, I've had a million times where I've blown the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like to the point where I was embarrassed about it. And I, every time I come back and be like, look, the reason I get so upset with you guys is because I fucking care. You know what I mean? And, this, and and you own it. And dude, you know, that's how you build loyalty. You know what I mean? It, it just is. You know, there's a lot of people who run businesses or are in positions of leadership of any kind that can't admit when they make a mistake. And what you're doing there is creating resentment. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's just a, it, owning your own. It's taking responsibility. It's extreme yeah. ownership, which is an awesome book, by the it way. It is an awesome book. Yeah. I just got done reading that. But yeah, yeah it's that's a it's a great opportunity to teach that. Guys, we don't want to run out of time before we tell you that Larry's website is thegooddadproject.com. And uh, his book is The Dad's Edge, which you can purchase actually at the website. Um, Facebook. Do you have a Facebook? Yeah, we do. So if you go, it's actually gooddadproject.com. If you go to, uh, if you go to actually any of our podcast episodes, if you go to, you you can click on one of the podcast episodes in the resources at the bottom. The podcast episodes are on the the gooddadproject.com. Yeah. If you go to gooddadproject.com forward slash podcast, that's where all of our podcasts are. Mm -hmm. We actually have a link right to our Facebook. We have a closed Facebook group, which we have about 1600 guys. I mean, it grows by a hundred almost every single week. We just started not too long ago, but, uh, that's a great resource because it's basically a forum and we have 1600 guys in that, in that group that with, with their hair on fire that just want to be better fathers. They ask questions, they have concerns, and it's just a great way to interact with all these, all these different, I think you're, you're actually even yeah, on that group. Yeah, sure. I'm, yeah. I'm so, a lurker. Yeah. Yeah. I you just, are. I just take in the, all the stuff. You're a reader. I, I am. I am a reader. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and your uh, Instagram account is at it's just good, the uh, good, good dad, dad project. project. Yeah. Right. And then, right. yeah, Twitter is the good dad project and you can buy, you can't buy my book from my site, but it is on Amazon. And actually it should be, uh, by the time this show airs, I should have the audiobook available. I just nice. approved that. So we have That's the awesome. dads on the go, man. They're busy. They don't yeah. have, they don't have time to read. So guys, Larry is yeah. doing a really good thing and it's really high quality. So I really encourage you. I've, I've read the book. It's a fantastic book. It's really down to earth. It's, um, it's, it's very practical and helpful. And there's a chapter in which we don't have time to go into this right now, but Larry and his wife experienced just a heart, heartbreaking, soul wrenching experience. And Larry and Larry talks about that uh, in the book. And it, it, that chapter alone is worth the price of the entire book and more because it will help you to overcome 
the adversity that you face in your life, no matter what it is. Yeah, and if I can make one comment on that, um, as we're recording this actual episode, uh, today would have been his two-year-old birthday. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, today's a good, but we we celebrate this day like my kids. Yeah. We we're gonna go home. We're gonna we're gonna have a cake, and you know, so we make it a good day, not a bad day. Yeah. And what was his name? Gabriel. Yeah. 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 So guys, read the book. It's it's a powerful piece of literature. So. Guys, I'd like to add too. You know, I know we have a lot of guys listening and a lot of, a lot of girls listening that aren't parents yet. These principles, just like the entrepreneurship principles, can apply to your life. These principles of being a good dad can apply to you being a good leader. So it's worth checking into. It's it's worth reading and it's worth getting into now. Like I said, before you actually need it. Um, you know, I I I don't know. I just can't. The parallels that you and I have talked about, uh, it's just so funny because it's like you could take everything, all the principles that Larry talks about and put them directly into leading other people. It's it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So dude, I'm real happy to have you on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's an honor. And like I said, it's, uh, it's not necessarily a site or a podcast or even a book on parenting. It's more just being the best version of who you are. And being, letting that being flow a leader. through. Right. Yeah. Exactly, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nice. Thanks, Larry. Well, cool, guys. Well, hey, listen, um, guys, we appreciate you. We love you. The best thing you could do for us if you want to help, if you're getting value from the podcast, is to share it with your friends. Um, you see the clips that I post on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, any, you know, Anything you guys like, the best thing you can do is share. So, uh, Oh, and you're on YouTube now. Yeah, we're on YouTube. So we're going to be hitting that hard. Tyler and I had a meeting about that last night. So, all right, guys. We'll see you next time. Okay, what's up? Shut up. Uh-huh. Okay, what's up? Okay, shut up. Uh-huh. Okay, what's up? Shut up.